since nobody is signing up yet and since today is Halloween today is Halloween and I am going to read a scary Canadian story here I am that's right as always I'm here whether I'm on camera or not these streams are live and I am here it's called on and off road again and there is a nice picture of a car so these are by Barbara Smith Canadian ghost stories <laughs> let's see so hunted or possessed cars are the stuff of fiction Stephen King certainly did well with the premise through his eerie novel Christine while researching my book, Ghost Stories of Hollywood, I came across evidence that the car actor James Dean was driving when he was killed may also have been haunted. Doo -doo -doo -doo. <laughs> Six deaths can be directly connected to associations, associations the victim had with that car. Oh, interesting. The death car, guys. <laughs> Unfortunately, for our peace of mind, haunted cars are not only in the realm of the famous for ordinary folks, too, are sometimes involved. Well, of course, on top of having an ordinary life, you also get the same special treatments. <laughs> it's to add the fun, you know, to your life, guys. Canadians looked forward with confidence to the future. A couple named Margaret and Albert in Calgary, Alberta, were among them. Albert purchased a used 1932 model B Ford. Although the car was in excellent shape and a handsome-looking vehicle, Margaret took an immediate dislike to it. Nevertheless, the <laughs> to please her husband, of course, agreed to go for a drive in it. As they headed down a um, grade near the town of Cochrane, near Calgary, no, I've never been there, no. the brakes failed. Albert geared down as much and as quickly as he could, but still they plummeted downhill, passing other cars despite his attempts to slow the vehicle. In trying to avert disaster, Albert steered toward the side of the road. Seconds later, the couple was sitting in a stationary car in the middle of a slough. And then, in, under the picture, they say, the man who died in a 1932 Ford continued to haunt the car. It was then that Margaret confided her concerns Right from the beginning, she'd sensed the ghost of a tall, thin, dark-haired man in the car. <laughs> it was Dracula, guys. He died in the vehicle, she guessed, and would never leave it. Margaret begged her husband to sell the haunted car, but he would not hear of it until the couple had to make an emergency trip from Calgary to the town of Gibbons, just north of the Edmontons. Edmonton. I just add the S for fun. It's because I'm haunted. <laughs> Unexpectedly. 
the steering wheel seemed to develop a mind of its own, even though... Oh, that was the self-driving cars already. Even though when they stopped to have a mechanic check the mechanism, they were told there was nothing wrong. Ooh, a self-driving crazy car, guys. Makes me think of that movie where there was the truck following the car and the whole movie is that. So stupid. <laughs> on the trip home to Calgary, the car simply stopped and would not allow itself to be restarted. The couple had to spend their last money on a hotel room in which to spend the night. The next morning, they again had the car examined by a mechanic and again were told that uh, there was nothing wrong with it. Albert and Margaret finally did get home to Calgary, but by then, the transmission had also jammed and they were only able to drive in one gear. <laughs> Must have been so much fun. At this point, even Albert had had enough. After some investigation, they received information that confirmed Margaret's sense that a man had in fact died in the car. She explained his ghost had remained still in control of the old Model B. Margaret added a postscript to the ghost story. The dealer, under supervision, tore the car apart forever. <laughs> so at least that was done. <laughs> That's not bad. That was like a five-minute story. That's hilarious. I'm sorry. Sometimes I, I don't see the words well. And... I read like I'm a two-year-old, but it's just to add more crap. Oh, look, musical manifestation. Ooh, that sounds like something, and there is a piano. That sounds like something the little moonling should read on her stream. <laughs> the same. Ooh. I haven't read these stories, though. It's, I don't know how scary they are. The real McCoy, oh my god. Oh, this is hilarious. You know how they always say, oh, the true, you're not a true McCoy. It's a very short one. <laughs> Georgian Bay in Ontario forms the eastern portion of Lake Huron and is perhaps one of the most beautiful rugged spots in all of Canada. Yeah, like, um, there's lots of beautiful places everywhere. Everywhere, not just in Canada, I mean. Many islands dot the bay's water and legend has it that at least one of those is haunted. Every year at the September full moon, a gaggle of ghost hunters gather to hear a murder man protest his death. Oh wow. In life, the spirit was a man named McCoy. I guess he was the real McCoy and they got him murdered. <laughs> so now we only have the clones. <laughs> Although his first name has been lost in time, the McCoy Islands, Little McCoy and M Big McCoy, were apparently named either in his honor or his dishonor. Oh, from all accounts, the real McCoy was a far from admirable fellow. Not only did he cheat and steal, he bragged about his abilities at both. <laughs> in death. He has become the sort of spectacular specter from which nightmares are created. His spirit manifests annually as two heart-piercing shrieks echo through the island's forest and the waters of the surrounding bay. 
approaching the island to listen for the ghostly owl has become a rite of passage for many area youth and for others, a yearly ritual. To date, it is said, the auditory presence has not disappointed anyone. The ghoulish screams are still heard and have not lost their ability to terrify those who go to listen. But Big McCoy Island may have been a home to spirits long before anyone of European descent set foot on the on the land. Yeah, you know, before they stole the land from the natives and killed the animals, they were also natives. Yeah, yeah. Many people believe that a symmetrical mound of stones at one of the island's small eastern bays is an ancient and sacred burial place. Do, 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 do. That's the problem here, actually, and I've heard it from other people who are going through it. How? And when we went to Valdez Island, uh, we didn't. I didn't go to see the bureau police. They, you know, they were bringing. I'm like, no, I'm not going to those places. One because you're not really supposed to disturb them, but also <laughs> there's always some bad shit that happens around that. So <laughs> I'll stay away. Thanks. I, I feel too much anyway. I don't want to have that kind of information. Unless I really need to. Ooh, should we need uh, a third one? And then we have fulfilled our destiny. There was one that was funny that I read. I would reread it for you. <laughs> the lady in pink. <laughs> oh god, that's too long. I mean, I can read the whole devil dog. <gasps> this is for my dogs, but that's a long one. What page is this? Two, two, two. <laughs> Six. What a surprise! Not by chance, I guess. The Alonquin Hotel. There was one. The, the grandfather clock. Ooh. Okay, that sounds that sounds eerie, but I need to drink because. <laughs> so see, nobody nobody's here. We're still having our fun, guys. Happy Halloween! <laughs> well, yeah, you you have to. The grandfather clock. Ghosts seem to be more closely connected to some objects than to others. Sources of mechanical power, especially timepieces, for instance, are prone to being haunted. My other ghost storybooks contain stories of inexplicably stopped or started clocks and watches. Da -da -da -da. The following example of this phenomenon, with a, with a delightful twist, occurred in Winnipeg, Manitoba. I've never been there either. I've never been outside of BC, so... <laughs> Traveling a lot, you know, after 9-11, zero interest. Not because I believe it was terrorist, because it clearly wasn't. But it's because I wasn't willing to put up with all the bullshit. And I think nobody should have. 
The timepiece involved is a grandfather clock that had been a favorite possession of an elderly man. As the eldest son in this family, he had inherited it from his father and deeply cherished it all his adult life. Why are you crying? <laughs> Have you seen a ghost? Do 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 do. At the very second that the old man died, the pendulum on his treasure clock abruptly stopped swinging. <laughs> See, even the dog is dying, like Spoonful is very scared right now for some weird reason. <laughs> Don't worry, Spoonie. I'm here. I'll get them with my fluffer here. I'll do. Yes, I'm totally making fun of those tantalizing chicks. <laughs> After the man's funeral, the family set about putting his house in order. One of the first chores to attend was having the man's grandfather clock repaired. The family took the heirloom to a skilled clockmaker, but the craftsman was not able to find any reason the mechanism would have stopped working. There didn't seem to be anything wrong with it. Unfortunately, he could not get the clock to work again either. As there were no male hairs to pass this, this stately timepiece on to, and therefore maintain family tradition, the clock was brought back to the man's house. His widow simply enjoyed it as a piece of nostalgic furniture. Yeah, because God forbid they give it to the females, you know. <laughs> oh, I love this kind of stuff. One day, some time later, the woman returned home and was shocked to find the pendulum of the grandfather clock, which had been mute and still for so long, swinging to and fro in its case and creating the long ago <laughs> familiar sound of loud ticking. Tick. As the woman stared, it's not like tick tick boom, just so you know it's different. <laughs> TikTok, actually the platform, I call it tick tick boom myself. <laughs> you know someone is a moron when they're on that platform, pretty much. <laughs> much pleasure. Uh, I hope you all do get offended by that line because it's true. As the woman stared at the instrument in disbelief, her phone rang. The voice on the other end of the phone line was that of her son-in-law. He was calling to tell the woman that her first grandson had been born just 15 minutes before. <gasps> da -na -na -na. He was back, guys. That's it. So that is the grandfather clock. See, some of them are really, like, they're all pretty short. They're easy and they don't take forever to read. I just find them funny and sometimes I like to, you know, because I forget. Close cousins. Cage spirit. Phantom footsteps. Mistaken identity. <gasps> the lady in pink. We could read that just for fun. What do you think? <laughs> then it'll be the fourth one, you know, like forest, number of deaths too. So, it's all fair, right? I think I need to 
finish that coffee because it's getting really cold. And stories since there is no activity on stream we're having some fun with the ghost stories um i usually when it's dead i do stuff like make mp3s or videos for later you know or i write stuff as i wait <laughs> so it's not that i'm really wasting my time just sitting here going oh nobody's here but um Today uh, it's Halloween and, you know, I want it to be silly. And I've had this book there for a while and I, I read it every now and then. But I, I don't really dig scary stories myself because, again, I just feel things too much. And they don't really scare me. It's more like, you know, a nuisance than anything else. And if I really get scared, then you don't want to be there, basically. <laughs> That's my brother. <laughs> He used to love to scare me. He always was very obsessed with this stupid shit. And he made us watch a pet cemetery. And we were in the middle of watching the damn thing. And Italy, unfortunately, has a lot of, um, you know, back then anyway, there were a lot of thunderstorms. And I really hate loud noises. Like, it's one of the things that truly triggers me because of the way we grew up where we were. There were clinically insane people um, owning the building and they were, like if you want to think of someone, you know, with a demon inside, they were that. So, oh, let me see. Why are you whining, Pompey? Do you need to go out? Yeah, just tell me what's going still have a chihuahua pincer and he had so much trauma we got him when he was 10 years old and he was like she reminds me of him she even has a little disnote super smart dog super awesome but they mistreated him for 10 years of his life we got him when he was 10 and they deemed him unadoptable because he was a biter and he had so many problems because of what they did to him and the shelter where he was wasn't gonna kill him but you know nobody wants to live in a shelter it's like living in a hotel for all your life you know and when i went there my dog um had just died like three days before and i just you know i was literally going mental without 
a pet in the house, basically. They're about the only thing that keeps me not going crazy in this world of whatever. They walk around not giving a crap about anybody, backstabbing, and they call themselves human beings, I think, but most of them aren't, unfortunately. So animals really give you that balance, at least, like, to, um, you know, remember that they also can be good like the animals, but they're just not there yet, basically. I don't know what's going on with those two. They're being pesty. So, um, anyway, um, I'm trying to see what they're doing. This is doggy ASMR for you guys. The Frufru is 10, right? And she also had a pretty bad life before we got her. And they saved her. She was on death row, basically. Because that's what some rescues do. And, um... But even if she wasn't, it doesn't matter. The shelter where she was at was horrible. And she had to constantly protect her food and her sleeping space. So that's why she is like that about it. And that never changed. Like, with me, she's not that way. But... If you move her or try to do stuff, she'll growl naturally, but she'll never, like, she's the gentlest dog ever. You never beat anybody, it's all show with her. But she sounds like murder. <laughs> it's hilarious, and she looks very serious, so <laughs> it's really funny to see people actually being scared of her, because, you know, knowing that probably if it wasn't aggressor and stuff, she would definitely protect for real. But she's never ever, like, she's the sweetest dog. So, with the other one, who's full of energy, and she's really sweet. Uh, she She's bossy with her still, and I keep telling her, you're teaching her bad things, she's gonna do it back to you. You know, like, she's just a puppy, and she also came from a really crappy situation. The people who saved her, and then gave her to us, um, you know, she was covered in poop and pee, basically. And she had eyesight problems because of that, probably. So that's why she loves to eat peppers, because they really help. And she prefers, um, like, she prefers the red one out of all of them. <laughs> so it's it's funny. She has her own color preference. It's also because probably they taste slightly different. But um, I just, I never had a dog like peppers so much, like bell peppers. So I have to eat them because of my long-term issues and how you know you lack in vitamin b12 usually when you have constant migraines and psoriasis and autoimmune diseases it's a, a series of things really i find like vitamin c vitamin um b12 is so important and i try and always you know eat some of it at least and so she i gave her most of it and then i have some of it because she is so voracious about it, and she's just a puppy, she needs to grow. But so Pepsi was really screwed up as a dog, and he was vicious, and he was conniving sometimes. Like, he really was uh, a narcissistic dog, I think, in a way. <laughs> I loved him, and, you know, but he had this thing, because when they dumped him to the shelter, um, they drove him in the car, so every time we were in the car, he was whining like she does when she's like that. <laughs> And when I hear that, it just sets me off, even to this day. And I have tapped on it before, but obviously there are other things associated with it that I haven't hit yet completely, because I don't get 
has mad as like for me before I was like shut up <laughs> I would let it go for a few times but it, it was rising really quickly the nervousness and then at some point because I was driving I couldn't stop I was like shut up enough <laughs> literally I would be like telling the dog off while Minnie the saint she was looking at her you know she was so patient she would puke in the car because she would get car sick so I think partially also some dogs have a problem with their testicles where it hurts um, I think it's the testicle of the black like some I think it's the testicle somewhere down there they, it moves and it's uncomfortable for them so I think it was probably a combination but it was mainly he was like shit scared we'll dump him because he do super shit like this little girl she does that kind of stuff she'll go because they're very smart so they figure out how to do stuff and then they do the best stuff they figure out what bothers you the most and they do it the frou-frou and Mimi weren't like that really as much um, the frou-frou a little but not so much and it's usually a sign of trauma when I see that kind of behavior in dogs and trauma that has not been resolved but it's also like the ones that um, you know are just they're, they're smart and they understand things and they're trying to entertain themselves as well so it's a combination it's just funny to watch these animals they are so different from each other and I don't really know how people can say that animals don't have a soul because you are the ones who don't have a soul if you say animals don't have a soul <laughs> they definitely do and it's usually a very good one and they do come from spirit I mean it's obvious that they're angels who are here to help us and to keep us sane, to keep us believing that yes, there is goodness, and no, they're not all cult slaves, you know, or minions. Some of them are spreading truth. Some of them don't spread that medical misinformation, like Fauci did and all those people. Some of them actually do care about doing the right thing. And this animals help me, you know, be reminded when I go in a bad place because I see too many shit and too many things and you get suckered into the lower vibration for a moment because if you still have some kind of unresolved trauma inside of you that's why you vibrated that's why it's so important every morning and every night to do the things that actually put you in the right vibration so you know you always keep yourself even if you fall into it for whatever reason because you shouldn't feel guilty about this stuff you should understand that that's how the brain works and you just work with it and animals are great they're great at this when you do reiki or you know EFT or sound healing somewhere around them even the little dog like they'll come here relax you know sometimes they just go in the bedroom and sleep because you know they, they stay here and relax and then they're like okay now I want to go in the darkest place and just you know chill out because animals love to be in caves, in darker, you know, relaxing caves, basically. That's what they really, really enjoy. Maybe we should make this cave a blue kaonite and amethyst. I mean, I'll also leave it white so we have this, but I'll also do, I don't know why my nose is so itchy right now. <laughs> It always happens. I, I notice a lot of people when they're online, maybe it's the my electromagnetic energy from the cameras. It's just a lot of people get itching their nose when they're on camera. Maybe I just notice it because it happens to me.
And I'm usually not itching my nose. That's the thing. It's because I'm live. <laughs> you know, all those micro things that people study, you know, to understand people and stuff. It's it's very funny. It, it, it's true though. Like if you observe a lot, you can actually, you know, really catch a lot of stuff that you wouldn't if you didn't just observe what they do. Alright, so, the lady in pink. The next story is the kind Hollywood movies are made of, with one important difference. This story is true. Dun -dun 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 -dun. Because the residence in question is now a rehabilitation center, I shall leave the property, the property unidentified, except to say that it is located on a large piece of land nestled in the Laurentians, in the Laurentians, sorry. I yelled at her to shut up, and she's a jerk. It's probably just my neighbor. It's doggy ASMR. In the Laurentians, that's where I left. Despite the haunted building's enormous size, five living rooms, 11 bedrooms, a billiard room, and a massive, a massive dining room with a big oak table, that would seat 20 people. The place was, before being given over to institutional use, owned and occupied privately. It wasn't long after moving in that Larry suspected something of a paranormal nature was at work in the house. The dining room was particularly chilling for me, as if that was one room where I was not welcome. Fortunately, his own private space in the house gave him a very different sense. He wrote that his own bedroom on the second floor was 14 feet by 34 feet, 4 meters by 10 meters, with large windows on three sides. Although not all rooms gave him the negative feeling that the dining room did, he soon realized the only place I really felt alone and welcome was in my bedroom. A bit of research into the history of the house made the safe feeling somewhat surprising because, as Larry learned later, it was in that room that the mistress of the house had died. Holy crap. Larry explained that one of the 11 bedrooms had been rented out and the house was therefore fully occupied. He and his roommates decided to celebrate by hosting a massive black tie party. The formal soiree was well planned and so, by late on the day of the gala, there was really little to do except relax until the guests arrived and the festivities began. While we were waiting for the guests to arrive, one of my partners and I were in the billiard room. It was early evening, Larry began. As the pair chatted, something just outside one of the windows caught their attention. It was a woman 
standing in the cul-de-sac of the driveway in front of the house. She was wearing a distinctive off-the-shoulder pink evening gown, Larry described. We waved and she waved and then she went in the front door. Realizing then that the party was underway, the two men left the billiard room and went into the main part of the house. They didn't see the woman in the pink evening gown, but didn't give that any thought. After all, a large number of people were gathered in a large house. One party goer could easily mingle for several hours without meeting everyone present. The housewarming extravaganza was a great success. Guests and hosts enjoyed themselves equally. The party went on for hours, and it wasn't until the next morning when Larry and his friend were once again alone together that either of them thought about the lady they'd seen approaching the house so many hours before, the one wearing the pink off-the-shoulder gown. After some considerable discussion, they realized that although they had both watched her come into the house, neither one of them had seen the unknown female after that. My mystery had them intrigued. Not my mystery, the mystery. I don't know where I saw mine. In mystery. <laughs> Transposition. I'm transposing stuff once again. <gasps> I am possessed. If you didn't know that. <laughs> if it wasn't obvious. They began to contact a few of their friends and ask if anyone else had seen this woman. Surely, at last, one person would have been at the party must have, shown, must have known who she was. No, nobody saw her. No matter how many people they asked, no one else seemed to know who the distinctively dressed woman was. Nor could anyone even remember seeing such a person. Larry and his friend were stumped. It wasn't until a few months later, when they were investigating parts of the house they had previously not explored, that they came up with a possible explanation for the disappearing guest. In one of the closets, we found a picture wrapped in brown cardboard and tied securely. When we opened it up, we discovered it was a painting, a painting of the woman we had seen in the driveway. She was even wearing the pink dress. The mystery guest, whom no one else had seen and who had disappeared upon entering the house, was the same woman whose illness <laughs> stared back at the two men. Whose likeness, not illness, <laughs> I was like, illness? Whose likeness stared back at the two men. I'm sorry. The mystery guest, whom no one else had seen and who had disappeared upon entering the house, was the same woman whose likeness stared back at the two men. Okay, now I read it right. She was the home's former mistress, the woman who had died in the bedroom that now welcomed the house Larry. And house Larry. Finally, their mystery was solved. 
They long known the house was haunted. Now they knew by whom, but no one was ever able to determine why her restless soul continued to roam around, to roam about her. Well, maybe it wasn't her alone, right? Hi, why are you being a pest today? What's going on with you? Is there a ghost in the bedroom? Do I have to go and take care of the ghost? Are you scared? Wait, I need to put my, my witch hat on before I go and do anything. There you go. Now I can go. I got my wand. Now I'm gonna go fight the bad guys. <laughs> These two dogs, man. <laughs> they are very restless today. Usually they're sleeping now. And I can just do my own thing in peace for a, a bit, you know. But I guess today they're just being pesty or something. They are two pesty animals. Seriously. Merino wool and silk, as I call them, you know. <laughs> they do feel like merino wool. Hey, Lucas Air Boomer, what's up, buddy? Welcome in the stream, buddy. Yeah, um, the queue is open, but um, I, I didn't change that. That's okay. I mean, they should realize that it's open by now. I'm just gonna do this. I got because I usually open it up um, an hour into the meditations and. So people can sign up if they wish to. So welcome to the cave. We're gonna make new caves. I'm gonna I'm gonna change the color of this one. And I'm going to change stuff around. We have to build one. I wanna build one with the chat on the other channel, so that's an activity we haven't done yet. I built the cave by myself, but um, that was the new scene. But the whole idea was to build it with the people, so we can put the stuff that we can move around, you know, and add or take away what we want. Because I just put there a bunch of junk food because, I mean, my favorite is burgers and fries and <laughs> spaghetti <laughs> salad. I'm a very simple person in that. I love, love carrot cake too. And muso as well, so I add the carrot cake. I also really love the chocolate cake. Mm, so delicious. It's just, I can never have this stuff because I'm so allergic to cream and stuff. And even if it's vegan, it always triggers. You know, if I have sugar, basically. Like, yesterday, he he got some piece of like a pie so we had blueberry pie and then he also went and bought the pumpkin because <laughs> the blueberry got smashed that was a bit of a doozy but they filled them with so much sugar and that's the issue and 
I never make them because this oven sucks. It's really like I wanted to try and make a cake, but sorry, oven. It's not that you suck. It's just it was damaged, unfortunately, and <laughs> so let's say it works shoddily. It's not even the heating I noticed, and. It's a, it's a, it would be a good little oven, it's just small, right, so you can't really make a lot, because it's one of those portable ones, we don't have an oven, because it wasn't really provided, and it would have been nice, right, <laughs> I'll have to buy the oven, but <laughs> I always wanted a toaster oven, just now I have a toaster oven that has been toasted, because it took the plunge and broke a little. About last year, so it's been a while now, and I wanted to get one that worked. But again, it's just like everything, you know. Some people have no problems making millions doing crap, and some people never get anyone to even watch them, despite of what they do. It's just an amount of boobies you want to show, how much of a whore you are, and you know how stupid content you produce. <laughs> Cater to the to sleep. Make sure you use all the stuff that addicted on and make shit ton of money from it. And then claim you want to make the world better. I'm a witch. What do you expect me to say? Nice stuff? Of course. I'm gonna tell you stuff like this. <laughs> I speak the truth. Possess plane. Okay, they have a section that is all um, about traveling. And I thought since a lot of pretentious people here, you know, they, it's one of the things they identify so much with is, Oh, I travel! <laughs> I thought it would be really funny to read a bunch of those so the next time they go traveling, they can shit their pants when they think about it. Pub Creepy Clock Crawlers. Oof, that sounds pretty. That's for all the pub goers. Yes, I'm going through them. I want to see if, you know, we can find one that... I saw one earlier and I can't find it now. I wanted to ease, to read it. Fire upon water. Oh my god, this is perfect. I always have the sounds of fire and water. <laughs> fire upon water. The spectral <laughs> pyrophenomenon seen on the waters. Dividing Prince Edward Island from the mainland maritime provinces is not surprisingly known as the phantom ship of the Northumberland Strait. We know this ghost story to be very old by Canadian standards because the Micmac advised European immigrants about the industry, about the illusion, calling it fire upon the water. Oh, I guess that's how they explain, you know, that we live on a spinning globe, right? <laughs> that, that fucking lie. <laughs> it's, 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 um, what, what do they call it? It's a mirage. <laughs> when they were trying to explain that the claim of NASA's are fake, because after a certain distance, you're not supposed to see you know certain things and they were trying to claim that the reason why they could see all those buildings across from too far 
was because it was a mirage. So I guess this one should be a mirage too. And no, I'm not a flat earther just because I am a true scientist and I'm telling you for sure I'm not either way, but it's certainly not a fucking spinning globe. If you've done any research on your own, you would know this. <laughs> but I guess it's better to watch a little idiots shaking their fake boobs around, right? Instead of doing some research. So anyway, let's move it move on. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, it's they, they watch the hot guys shake it, it's the same thing. Those familiar with the history of the area think that the phantom dates back to the 1700s when a ship carrying Europeans immigrate, immigrating to the New World, the New World Order, <laughs> burned and sank under the waters of the oh, Northumberland Strait. Nice. Great death. The first written account was recorded in 1880 by the crew of a tugboat. Certain they had seen a fast-moving ship just outside of the harbor of Peak 2, Nova Scotia, they headed out to offer aid. As the smaller boat made her way across the water, the image vanished. Confused but still concerned, the tug's captain stayed this course. Well, now some of those people will tell you it's a portal to another dimension. <laughs> well, why not, right? But I'm just saying, there are different versions of this. When they reached the spot where the flaming sheep had disappeared, not sheep, sheep, <laughs> they found nothing. No survivors, no casualties, no floating pieces of shipwreck, nothing. When people are able to approach the manifestation, they speak of a large vessel with three masts, her sails set. The image moves very fast in an easterly direction. It is often so real looking that witnesses summon the authorities and once in the late 1970s, several members of the RCMP Detachment in Pictou were called out and also viewed the supernatural event. Do, 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 too bad. Not when you have cameras. Eh? As much more recent report is also possibly the most dramatic one connected with this phantom ship. The passengers of a powerful motorboat saw the vessel and gave chase, determined to catch that very, <laughs> to catch what they were sure was the famous phantom ship. They determ their determination rewarded them with an experience to tell their grandchildren. They caught up to the phantom and were traveling so fast and with such unwavering direction that in the words of one on board the small craft, soon we were inside a ghostly glow and as our motorboat kept going, we passed right through the phantom ship and saw it disappear behind us. Jeez. I hope you didn't carry some of those guys behind you guys. The Phantom Sheep. It's like Titanic. They have one here that is called Titanic. I don't know how long it is. It's because if they're too long, it's like, you know, yeah, Titanic is pretty long. Holy crap. I think it's probably one of the longest. They're all short stories, but... And, uh, I don't want to ruin the Titanic story for you guys. 
upsetting, upsetting journey. Why would we want to take that? Legend of the Light. Oh. Legend of the False Light. <laughs> okay, we should read that. That should be fun. So, fire and water, guys. That's, I'm just trying to trick you into seeing stuff that isn't there. I'm a witch, after all. It feels good when you drink. I don't know what's up with these dogs. Why they're so crazy sometimes. <laughs> And do stupid stuff like that when I'm right in the middle and now they're quiet. The whining really though. Like I don't know why she does that. This little pest. You're so cute. She's such a beautiful puppy. They're all beautiful to me though. So <laughs> Because they are. They are gorgeous little babies. And I don't know how anybody can hurt them. Was just verifying the sound is good. Mm. There, I finish my first coffee. Always I drink them cold in the end because I forget. Workaholism. Yeah. Legend of the Light. One of the most widely accepted ghost stories in Western Canada is that of the St. Louis Light in Saskatchewan. Located about 40 kilometers or 25 miles south of Prince Albert and 100 kilometers or 62 miles north northeast of Saskatoon, the small town of St. Louis has been drawing crowds to witness the phenomenon for generations. The legend behind the supernatural site has become somewhat blurred with the passage of years but all versions connected the ghostly lights with a tragic railway accident. The train tracks are gone now, torn up many years ago. All that is left today is a flat stretch of land, along with witnesses reports seeing either the headlight of a spectral train or the lantern of an accidentally decapitated train worker. Jeez. Sightings of these phantom lights are among the oldest and most consistent in Canada. Almost every time I take part in a nationwide phone-in radio show, at least one caller has an experience to relate about the eerie anomaly. During the Halloween 2000 edition of the CBC radio show, Midday Express, a man who had spent his teenage years in the Prince Albert area called to say that he and his friends went to St. Louis on a regular basis and saw the ghost lights almost every time. 
Usually it was the same group of friends who made the trip, but occasionally other people would join them. Frequently, when these newcomers saw the light, they were skeptical and suggested that what they were seeing was simply a reflection of car headlights. This is a fairly common explanation, but it is easily disproved. Some believers point out sorry, that sightings of the light predate the time that cars came to the community. Others simply maneuver their own vehicles into all possible positions to show the light is not a reflection. Two young Edmonton are filmmakers, Kim Bricks and Derek Walsh, journeyed to St. Louis and arrived on a frosty cold evening in February 1996. They were producing a documentary about ghost stories and were determined to catch the eerie light on tape. En route, they discovered an additional ghostly legend when they were warned by town folks to keep an eye out for the phantom hitchhiker. They didn't see any hitchhiker, ethereal or corporeal, but they did see the light briefly. When they arrived at the site, both Kim and Derek were eager on stre to stretch their legs before setting up their camera equipment. The two young men stood behind the car and gazed in a somewhat unfocused way. Unfocused. See? <laughs> and the level piece of land nearby and leading off into the distance. As they did so, they could hardly believe their eyes. There before them, exactly as people had described, was the phantom light. Unfortunately, although they rushed to start filming, the light extinguished just moments later and never reappeared again all night. Well, yeah, of course. It doesn't want to be caught on camera, does it? Many other people have had somewhat better luck than Kim and Derek. I was noticing like him, um, I didn't know it could be also a male name. Details had been recorded of an entire roll of films being shot and what the photographer saw has the St. Louis light. When he had the film developed, every exposure was completely white except for two small red dots on each photograph. <laughs> no one has ever been able to offer an explanation for this oddity. Dr. Terry Matheson, a professor of English. It's funny though, because if you think about it, red dots, eh? interesting color. At the University of, of Ska, uh, Saskatoon, sorry, let me read it. Dr. Terry Matheson, a professor of English at the University of, of Saskatchewan, sorry, had always been interested in paranormal phenomena. He was intrigued when in the summer of 2000 his daughter told him about the anomaly visible near St. Louis. Dr. Matheson explained, my daughter told me of a strange light she had heard of in the small hamlet of St. Louis. She was in charge of a group of exchange students from across Canada. Her superior, who had grown up in the area, mentioned that it might be fun and a bit of an adventure to take her people up to St. Louis and see if they could see the mysterious but well-known locally light. The man continued a few days after the excursion, my wife and I invited my daughter and her troop 
over the <laughs> over the diner. At which point, she and her students told me exactly that, excitedly, sorry, that they had in fact seen the light. <laughs> They've seen the light. They've seen the light. I need something to like press and go, it makes you feel like you saw the light. Oh, angels singing. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, those props are not great. But hey, if you want, I can use the bell. I mean, they've seen the light. They've seen the light. They've seen the light. <laughs> Have you seen the light, guys? <laughs> While believing them, I was of course skeptical concerning the paranormal nature of the light. To say nothing of the authenticity of the ghost story that surrounded it. As the author of Alien Abductions creating a modern phenomenon, a book that looks at the role of authors of abduction books play in shaping and creating the stories. Matheson was intrigued and as soon as my daughter had some spare time, she took me out to see the light, as it were. Luckily, we had no trouble seeing it and it lived up to her description in every respect. One visit to the site of the ghost lights was not nearly enough for Dr. Matheson. I returned home with my curiosity sufficiently aroused as to tell a friend and we drove up to the next night, complete with my friend camcorder. Again, we were lucky and we were able to take what I believe is some very impressive video footage of the phenomenon. Okay, let's see what happened to it. For those of us not able to see either the light or the video in person, the writer supplied a word picture. The light is more or less as you have heard from one witness, although not quite as dramatic as the folklore would have it. The light begins, or at least it did both nights, I saw it, by appearing as a faint glow, apparently just behind the trees that border the abandoned rail line, rail line, now narrow pathway, on the night hand side, seemingly on the horizon. So it's like a reflection. <laughs> the man's detailed description continued. The path of the light appears to rise to a height that seemed by a very rough estimate about 100 to 200 yards, or 90 to 180 meters, maybe less. It then seemed to move to the center of the path, whereupon it grows both in size and brightness, briefly reaching a magnitude considerably greater than, say, the planet Venus. As an amateur astronomer, I can state this with a degree of accuracy. And as an amateur astronomer, never realized that all that universe stuff is bullshit. <clears throat> okay, sorry. Let's move on. The light is pure white initially. After reaching a peak of brightness, it quickly vanishes and it usually, but not invariably, replaced in a few seconds by a red light that is never more than a pinpoint of no discernible shape. This red light seems to wobble for a few seconds, 
then disappears, leaving blackness. A little while later, the phenomenon repeats itself, but not exactly as before. Each appearance had unique aspects, and no two appearances were identical. As mentioned, it also takes <laughs> on discernible size from the original point of light when first seen, and in, in magnification looks remarkably like a light from an old-fashioned locomotive, doubtless accounting for the, for the phantom railroad train in the various ghost stories that evolved over the years, the English professor suggested. The dogs are really, really, really scared, guys. Because, I mean, they're crying. Yo, what's up? What's up? Welcome. <laughs> this thoughtful witness to the strange light concluded with a unique pondering. As one wrestles with the unexplained, I wonder if the railroad company might possibly have buried a vat containing chemicals many years ago and that some form of luminescent effluvia was being released periodically as a result of the heat of, of summer sun causing some sort of reaction in the chemicals. Yeah, that could be illogical, right? It could be. Company's irresponsible dumping of toxic waste has been with us for some time and spontaneous combustion is a well-known phenomenon. Oh, we wonder why we're experiencing so many fires. Just want to say, guys, just want to throw it in there for you to think about. Unfortunately, that explanation would not account for Kim and Derek's experience or any that took place during winter. Dr. Matheson also acknowledges that nearby residents tell me that it's visible year round. So, okay, maybe something else. Another correspondent who requested anonymity saw the ghost light when he visited the site with two friends in August 2000. He reported being completely awestruck by not really frightened at the light. The white light disappeared after a few minutes, but was followed by a bright red light that moved quickly toward the witness before vanishing. <laughs> Imagine that, right? <laughs> you see this thing coming toward you and then it vanishes. It would be more uh, scary if they saw the whole train, I guess. Fascinated, the trio stayed on and noted a phenomenon often associated with the paranormal presence, but not before, to my knowledge, tied to the San Luis light. The moment the second show began, coyotes nearby started howling and screaming. It was as if something had disturbed or frightened them. Come on. When you need to howl, you don't. See? No cooperation today, guys. They are. They are being possessed today. Those are just a few of the stories reported over the years scientists have attempted to explain the strange light. But from its inception in the 1920s to today, the mystery of the St. Louis Coast Light remains an unsolved attention getter. Da -na -na -na. I have to let her out probably to pee. Oh, <laughs> I took my head off. I'm a witch and I can't help myself.
such a princess. Yes, I am here to open and close your door, guys, to serve you. Serve and protect. <laughs> God damn it. Hold on. There. It's very complicated, guys. Let me fix my little hat. Oh, there you go. So, there you go. Those are some ghost stories for you. <laughs> I hope you got spooked up <laughs> by it. And if not, oh well, there's nothing else I can do for you. Oh, wait. I curse you with good luck, good energy, abundance in all good things. What kind of curse you want, right? And after I ring this bell three times, it's gonna start. <laughs> oh, and I should pull a disappearing act after that, right? I should go poof, 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 poof. <laughs> Never mind. I'm having too much fun with this stuff. Yes. Floating fireballs. <laughs> you sound like when I play the mage. That's the stuff I like to... I never play the mage because I really suck. And I don't even have... Um, I didn't buy the new WoW yet. And I did not even sub for... I don't know. For two, three months, whatever. <laughs> Since I played the last time. It was a long time ago, I guess. Yeah, it's usually around Christmas when I, I'll get the expansion, the, probably the cheap one anyway, the most inexpensive, I have the money, and then I just buy one or two months, and then I play a little, and then I'm done, usually, because <laughs> it's too time-consuming and it's pretty boring after a while, but I really do enjoy playing sometimes, it's just, video games for me are just a way to keep my brain working, and... Yeah, it's entertaining, but it's also very boring once you realize the, the process, for me anyway, so. And I don't find that is really, you know, how to build a community, because from my experience, what I've seen, uh, a lot of these people, maybe just a wow thing, but they are fucking nasty. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm not into that. It's just not my cup of tea at all. But, you know, if I ever find people who are fun to play with, then, yeah, I would have fun with that, absolutely. For me, that's how it started. That's, you know, I was like, okay, I can do this, and it'll help me with my motor skills and get, you know. Because there is some, what, a learning process. And then once you got it down, what I liked about it was I would read, you know, I would have to read a lot of this stuff, and um, I would learn words. And then in the end, I stopped reading because it was always the same shit, you know, after a while. More or less, I mean, and I would just go and play and try to figure out as it was. So, I, you know. But yeah, like a lot of people would read all about it and then they would know where to go and stuff. I didn't like that because for me it was like, oh, then you're not really discovering it. It's more like following a manual, you know. I am not into that. It's like feels like school too much and not the good kind of school, just the kind I couldn't stand. It's the most idiotic way to teach the way they do it in school. Oh, the puppy is crazy guys. Like she she's super it must be October thirty first, a demon, you know. I live both dogs are uh, the fruit from not hundred percent sure because we don't know her birthday. Oh this is an ASMR emergency, guys. Cool, cool, cool. 
they they heard that I'm doing ASMR and they're like, emergency, we need some ASMR pronto. Go somewhere else, okay? <laughs> She's crazy, that dog, man. What are you doing, you crazy puppy? <laughs> She's so funny. <laughs> She's the first dog that I had that is not fixed. So it's been interesting. I mean, we had cats like that, right? But I never experienced it with a dog. I, it wasn't really so bad. And, you know, um, now I'm kind of like looking at it, you know, like hmm. after their one year, one and a half years or two, then I'll do it when she's a full blown adult and her hormones have coming and she's because apparently it's much better for their health to do it then so but I look at her and I feel bad because it's like you know it will probably is worse to let them be horny right and not be able to do anything I don't know <laughs> like her friend he has a meal and before he also waited and before he got him <laughs> neutered <laughs> apparently this dog was going nuts he would go nuts on bags on everything basically <laughs> I was like I sure hope she doesn't become that way <laughs> I'm gonna film it if she doesn't I'm gonna use it for ended camera moments <laughs> exploiting the children that's right <laughs> The doggies have to earn their keep, guys. Oh god, she's outside getting in shit right now. I left the door open for a minute. So maybe... I, I know she wants the door open all the time, but it's kind of cold. Maybe I'm in Canada, man. <laughs> I mean, can't you tell how cold it is outside? Yeah. <laughs> that silly dog. The birds are singing, it's, it's really crazy. Luckily, they don't really explode a lot of those crazy fireworks and stuff here. There have been some, but not as bad. When we were more in the Indian area, <laughs> over, you know, not a native Indian, but the, the like East Indians mostly, and it was like East Indian and Asian and um, some old white folks still live there, I guess, from a long time ago. But anyway, that area was, and always has been known as a bit of a iffy area of town. But then it got better in time and got cleaned out. And now we're not that far from it, really, in reality, but it's... A much better area it's what a difference like there they were exploding stuff all the time and Minnie my puppy that died last December she was so scared at least these two dogs really don't give a crap like they're like what the hell is that it's okay it's nothing oh whatever you know <laughs> Minnie was so scared of every firework like Grappa was the same thing my first dog and Pepsi also I don't think he cared a lot Pepsi had other things in mind, like, you know, chewing up the whole couch. He's the one who destroyed the first couch. Yep. 
You should have seen it. The smallest of all the dogs we had was the most destructive, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> all the others are pretty decent, you know, compared to him. They destroyed stuff, but he was... Like, and in the spoonful, she's like that too. Like, when I look at her, she doesn't look like a dog that could hurt you. Oh, crap, that dog. She is brutal, and she's like the toughest nails. <laughs> I hope she relaxes with age. <laughs> or I'll have to do some mojo thing on her to make her relax. <laughs> well, we have had our Canadian ghost stories. Um, there's lots more, but I was just speaking here and there. What looked interesting. The pink lady was funny. It wasn't, like, some of them, like, none of them are really that scary in reality. But in Canada, there's a lot of dark stories and a lot of dark folklore. I found over the years, I realized that lots of haunted spots, lots of this crap going everywhere. Lots of cult here, really. There's lots of cults. Um, and you see it pretty obviously. But again, I have not been outside of BC, so I'm really speaking mostly for Vancouver, really, and surrounding areas where I've been more often. And yeah, like, you know, it's really gorgeous, and I love it here. But definitely there is that side where, you know... I don't know, I never felt the need to go verify myself, because in my opinion, if... Um, if these ghosts are really haunting, it means they're not in peace. And if you go there to basically just... It's self-serving for the people because they're curious, but they don't realize that maybe these ghosts need help, you know, to pass over and to move on, right? And I don't think it's very healthy. Like, and if they're narcissistic ghosts, they enjoy the attention and they'll keep doing it. Do narcissistic ghosts does it exist? Well, why not? I think they do, clearly. But I mean, I had experiences in my life too, a lot, right? It's just, I avoid places like that because I don't really... I don't find it so interesting, all this scary stuff for me, it's like... Why are you looking for trouble? It's like, you know, what's the point? I don't find it... Yeah exciting in the right way i find it very like when we went to see the amityville the, the remake of the amityville <sighs> i'm sorry but it's just fucked up stuff you know like i saw a few things over the years right and i was like this is just not fun like i don't understand why people are into this what is so much fun about getting scared and pooping your pants basically you know and then what you know yeah, whatever. <laughs> to each their own. I just, I never quite understood it, to be honest. And then, when you talk to people who, you know, work with mental patients, they'll tell you that basically <laughs> there's some crazy in there. For me, it's mostly also because, frankly, it just brings me back to my childhood, you know, with those crazy people. And I'll never forget their faces and how scary they were like if you look in the eyes of a crazy person a violent crazy person because let's be precise about that they literally look like 
when you watch The Exorcist. <laughs> no way. <laughs> they are fucking possessed. Like, they're not. It's insane. It's insane. And that, that gives you a chill down your spine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like holy shit also because when they're so crazy they have an incredible strength and it kind of shows that really the only reason why we can't do a lot of things is because we don't think we can because crazy people don't have that sense of reality and I've seen them with my own eyes do shit but it's like holy fuck <laughs> run because if they get a hold of you you are kaput <laughs> literally you know, a lot of people don't have the um, direct experience with such insanity so they don't understand that but they think it's fun <laughs> it's like yeah. and I could never understand my brother but my brother used to and my dad they used to sleep through when basically the the girl the crazy girl she would always yell at night profanities in Italian from the balcony and it was always at some, you know, crazy hour. And the brother, every night, he would go to the bar. And every time he would go out at night, uh, you could hear him from above because he was, you know, the constant. Because the mother had literally drove them crazy. And she was the original crazy one. And if you looked at this woman, she was a tiny woman. But boy, did she ever fucking look scary. <laughs> so yeah <laughs> I don't find that shit funny because for me it just reminds me of the reality we had to live through you know I guess it's like when people you know listen to the fire ASMR but their house burned down it's not relaxing to them it's the same kind of thing I wonder though if um, if all the people whose house burned down if now they can't stand the fire sound. It'll be interesting to find out. I certainly would have probably, I don't know, some trigger <laughs> from it until at least you move it out of your system. So supposedly these are true stories, but you think what you want. And there are a lot of these volumes because this is number 10, like, I think this, I think she's pretty famous and she writes, I don't remember, I think probably my mom gave me this book, or I found it somewhere in some laundry room, someone, dis they always discard books, and I found it and I took it, something like that, I don't remember, I really, I don't think I bought it, you know, this was definitely not something maybe I did in the hell means half the time I don't remember <laughs> but I kept it out because I was always you know every now and then I read the story I forget sometimes and then after I reread them I go oh, I think I read this already but I forgot it but they're pretty wishy-washy I mean they're not really so scary that's why I didn't feel bad so time is almost up and there's not much uh, going on in here so you know when the time is up I'm probably gonna go and do other things because I have stuff to do and I've given it enough time for stuff to happen and all that stuff and uh, later maybe if anybody is on, on of the people 
who were subbing and were part of the other channel. We can build a cave, a different one as well. Because we never did that and we should probably do it. Because it was the community challenge. Then I'll think about some other community challenges we can do to have fun. If you have ideas, drop them. I'll take them. <laughs> Unless that they involve us, Mar. ASMR. We should call it instead of ASMR. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's um it's a new style, you know. The birds are coming. Another emergency guys it is Halloween there's gonna be lots of you know sacrifices today guys it's a great day <laughs> and so you know they have all the emergency going around <sighs> Spooky night. I should put on the ghosts and let the ghost sounds go on Or maybe, let's see if I can, I can make it really bad for you. Hold on. <laughs> I'm a unicorn. No? A dark
she was up to something bad, but she wasn't. She was just playful. She just wants to play. The spoonful. When she's too quiet, I have to go chat because that's usually when she gets in trouble and she does something bad. And then she comes, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. It's like, I don't really care that you're sorry. It's not doing it. It's like, <laughs> yeah. But it's all her badness. And I don't know, today the dogs are acting very spooky like. Maybe someone died in this old place, you know, like our old place. The previous tenant died like a couple of tenants before. And it was haunted. It was. It really was. But it wasn't like bothersome or anything like that. It never bothered me anyway. And they were more also like in the laundry room that was next to us. There were more there and I, you know, some of them, like it didn't feel really bad, but it wasn't like happy, it was a bit toxic, some of them, but in our place was fine, it wasn't like malicious. Ugh, what pain. Yeah. I know, right? Why, instead of teaching them to get candies, you know, why don't they, oh, let's make it fruit day or something. Yeah. But of course not, because then they don't make them crazy and stupid, right? You gotta make sure you set them up for having some mental disability. Because the government loves you. Big Brother loves you. <laughs> sure it does. Let me, let me see. Big Brother loves you. <laughs> it's magic. I need to get one of those magic sounds, like the one Love has on his stream. I haven't been on his stream for a while, actually. I keep missing it because I'm too tired when he comes home and he doesn't come home, come on stream as often because he's busy. So I keep missing him. Oh well, I just want the rerun if I if I were. Well, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. At least I don't have to watch my kids beg for candies, but you know they usually beg on a daily basis anyway. Here, I'll tap on the. I was gonna do the scary stuff actually. Let me, let me do the scary stuff. Psst, are you ready to get blasted with sound?
Sorry about that. I'm sorry he scared you. He's, he's, he's put to rest now. No, you can't have Pumpkin. Pumpkin has been with me forever. Pumpkin, tell them where you're from. I am from the dollar store. <laughs> Mommy bought me many moons ago because she likes puppets. Are you scared of pumpkin, actually? <laughs> Are you scared? She's so scared of... Ooh, is... Where are you going? 
fucking is hunted? <laughs> it's pretty cute, come on! So I hold him up with my tornado scoop. Too bad you can't see inside a kaleidoscope, guys. It's so pretty. I love it. Kaleidoscope sounds. few years back, I had a friend who was working at a haunted place. Well, it was a fake haunted place. And she was telling me that that year, I think she was doing the tour first and then she was doing the work. 
sugar. Losing words don't have to Like, you know, popcorn. I don't use, for example, I never use those microwave popcorn. I use them to try them. I was like, this tastes like shit. I don't know how people can like that crap. And then I read the ingredients and I was never feeling that I don't try them. And I don't like microwaves anyway. Like, microwave and food is the equivalent to basically putting on a layer of shit for me. <laughs> it tastes like garbage. I don't even know how. Like, I've used that, we've used that in the shop when we had to prepare meals really quickly and it was one of the ways we could do it. But I was always against it. I was like, no, tell them that it'll take a little longer, but it's not healthy for them. And I'm like, well, they don't give a shit. Most of them didn't care. You know, like, but that's how it goes, you know. So, um, I, I haven't really used much. I just make my own popcorn. I put some olive oil sometimes or some coconut oil. And you can put some of the, they have nutritional yeast if they use. <laughs> but a lot of times I put that um, mix like the broth maker. It has the powder and it's all veggies and stuff and it really gives it a nice taste. And I put it on after, right after. Mm -hmm. So it's homemade and it's now filled with garbage. Sometimes I put herbs or you know, put some salt after, of course. But, you know, it's I like them a lot better than me. I like the one with caramel. Those were the ones I like sometimes. But again, I can't really have a lot of this stuff. And when you eat it, it leaves that taste of shit in your mouth. It's unbelievable. It doesn't happen when you eat fruit and veggies and good stuff. When you cook it, yes, because it changes it. Like broccoli becomes really sugary when you cook it. That's why I personally prefer Russell to have to let it But you know, sometimes it's cold outside and you want something warm, yes, I get it. It's just a lot of times if I have leftover, uh, I just eat it cold. I don't even, I don't really eat food because it's not really good. The worst I do is like I would put it in the oven and put some little sometimes I put sesame seeds in the coffee because I love the taste of after cooking that. And a little bit of that vegan cheese, like the shredded one. I keep it in the freezer and it's really easy to use so you don't have to like consume it quickly because when you open that shit you have to consume it in a week. So if you open at the slab you have to basically consume it in a week. And I don't think I like to eat that much of it. I just you know, if I want some, I want a little bit, rarely, and that's it. It's like a special thing. Today I was thinking maybe I wanted to do some, make some gnocchi, but because it's my roommate's birthday, but I don't know. He never eats anything, and whenever I cook stuff, I made him a cake last year, he didn't even try it. It was basically a waste. I just don't really want to do something. I don't think I should eat anything. I made him... You know, I made, I made hats because I like to make hats. It's what I do. It's what I do here. Um, it's like a tradition. But last year, like when he was passing on and stuff after, I saw that he had some hats that he made for him on the floor, like treated like her eggs. And I was like, I'm just still turned off by that. So I don't know if I'm gonna make anything, basically. I mean, I already made something, but. Yeah, I don't know how much I want to put into it. Really, like, the more you, older you get, the lesser you care about bullshit, and the more you stay away from people who create bullshit in your life. 
and well, I think I've got 20 years of trying, I can give up her. Make it's Halloween today, I would always decorate the house, you know, make it funny, play a prank. Who was always bad to be reacting to it, but it's not funny. Always being an asshole, basically. So, this year, I just... I didn't bother. I do my own thing. I can create whatever world I want here, right? But I can just draw it. It's fine with me. I don't really need that much, like... And I have my pumpkin, so I'm good with that. I love pumpkin. I almost gave him away because when I got him, it was many months ago, and I was working. I had gotten much earlier than I was working in this place, and then I got more. Like, it was Halloween to make them laugh and stuff. And then one of the girls was like, oh, I love him. And so I almost gave it to her, and she didn't take it. She was like, you can have it. Like, like uh, no, you keep it in my grave. Then she turned out to be a major bitch. Anyway, so backstab. Unfortunately, they do this. So I'm glad Pumpkin even left her. At least she did that, right? Yeah, she was an actress. You can't expect much. You know what they say, right, about actors? That the only reason why they can act well is because they're truly just empty vessels. I'm starting to, to believe that because I, even the one we knew, she was advertising Centrum, which if you go and talk to any real doctor, will tell you that that stuff is garbage. And when, uh, you know, I talked about it, one of them goes, yeah, but it's money. Yeah. It's like, oh, right, you're like artists. You don't really care if it's truly a good thing as long as you are featured. <laughs> and then they talk about having a computer over the site. You know, you don't see like, you know, nonsensical because you say one thing and say something that totally is the opposite, but you're trying to make it look like they go along. It's like, we're not all idiots. Sorry to break it to you. Your charm and bullshit doesn't affect all of us because we know that most people like you are narcissistic friends. And that's exactly what you find in our world. It's kind of like a lot of people, anyone who likes to be on a stage pretty much, I find that is like that. They're very egotistical and very, I guess that's what you need to be in order to make it in that world, or so they say. That's why I was never really interested in anything. The only interest I had was to be on the side where, you know, I like voice stuff, but that's because I really love sound. But I just always wanted to be on the other side of the camera. The front side is like, whatever, yeah, I can do it. It's not a big deal, but it's not enjoyable for me. Like, this one is, oh yeah. Like all these eagles, you know, they, they spend hours on bullshit, it doesn't matter. It's like, honey, it doesn't matter what you do. You're still gonna age, you're still gonna look older, and you're gonna be fucking sad, pathetic old people, because instead of growing, inside, which is what stays with you, all you did was waste your time on oh, no shit. <laughs> so, wow, you know, I love a superficiality. Uh, hey, <laughs> you help me tabbed up. <laughs> How are you, more peace, and I hope you're doing well. You're welcome. And yeah, um, I'm actually gonna shut off this because um, it's done. Um, 
the queue was open and now it's closed. And uh, thank you actually for reminding me that I have to do that. Voila, people! And <clears throat> I hope you have a wonderful Halloween day. Um, I'll probably start the other thing in a little bit. But I have to do a couple things first so I won't be here. Um, I mean, at my desk. Um, but as soon as I am here, I'll, I'll start it because I actually just listened to it. So, you guys can come with the other one if you wish. And I'll do some tarot readings later. Witch style. No, 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 have some fun. I'm not just being all the witch. I'm just playing. I'm a good witch. If you wanna. I'm not a witch though. I identify as a witch. Or a shaman or any of that crap. I, am, I identify as nothing. I only say I'm a Riki Grandmaster to piss off all those idiots. Those uh, Buddhist morons who have yet to understand that Buddhism is a social movement. It has nothing to do with anything else. And you just start kind of karmic wheel when you follow that bullshit, unfortunately. But it is what it is, so I, I just like to mock the idiots who feel superior to others and really aren't. But I don't identify with anything. I think the one thing I've always just uh, worked with, even when I do the invisible console and stuff, for me, it's always like a light that comes. It's never really like, I don't know, I just, all these techniques work because all they are is basically, you know, um, it's like a, taking a step ladder basically, you know, to get to the middle ground. And so it's to allow people who are stuck in 3D and in their rectal and physical brain to come out of it and understand, you know, and layman cares. So it doesn't matter how you work with it. You'll work with the light, the universe, God, however you want to call it, to the way you, in this lifetime, are, you know, able to program to, or, you know, program in the sense that, you know, when we come in, we have a body, we have a soul, we have a spirit, and they all basically, well, we have a soul, mind, spirit. Some people call the soul the mind, you know, whatever. Um, whatever terminology you're comfortable with, I don't really care. For me, it's, you know, just bullshit terminology to uh, try and make some difficult concept hard to explain this human or earthly terms. You know, like, it's trying to explain something that you can't really with words. I think until people experience it, it's just what it is, and everybody experiences it in their own way, because we all have different makeup, right, so... That's why I don't try and sell methods to people at all. Because some method is selling your own bullshit, basically, to someone else. I just try and show them the things that are very fine and work, but they then take those things and work with them and anything else they wish to. And that's why I like EFT and Reiki and sound, because anybody can do it, anybody can apply this with anything else. And as you can tell, we can do all kinds of beautiful things that will bring you to an extra level 
of relaxation and being able to visualize, for example, like if you draw things, you know, if you actually, even if you don't draw it from scratch, but you put together, you know, like people do with vision boards, you have a much better chance to be able to visualize that thing properly. And then once you can conceive it in your mind, you can actually materialize it. And most people go, well, how is it possible? It's because you're trying to understand it with your logical brain, or quote-unquote, the limited part of you that is only designed for, you know, keeping you alive in this matrix. So that's why the meditation, because the meditation allows you to enter that other side of you that actually can see and communicate with that whole. And that is the strongest and best part of you. Unfortunately, the IQ part, what's called logical part, is actually fear-based. And so when it's detached from the rest, it's really the worst part to be into. I would rather be in my, the right side of the brain in my heart center if I was stuck in just one side. Because I have way better chances of taking better decisions and of just accessing real knowledge. And that's why in school they chose to instead with the left side of our brain alone and exclude all the rest because they knew that was the best way to keep it all tiny, you know, tiny soft and controllable. But don't believe me. I only lie to you, Clayton, because I live in a big mansion. I have expensive lifestyle. And I have to keep my <laughs> Have a wonderful day. Enjoy your holiday and make sure you don't eat candies. Yeah, right. Oh, wait, wait. I have to do one, two, before I go. I just need a minute to get it. Do I have a minute? Whoa.